Hi guys and welcome back to a brand new episode of Anime Podcasters, episode 110. A very special episode because today we will be discussing Kids on the Slope. Hotshot was supposed to join us with our special guest today, Morgan, but uh, he is not feeling well. So unfortunately, we're going to be switching it up and Morgan will be coming back a second time so we can discuss a special topic with him and Hotshot that we have planned. But for today... We have my very good friend, Morgan, that I met at Concordia in the Electroacoustic Program. I'm very happy to have you here. How are you, my friend? I'm, I'm doing great, man. Doing absolutely great. Looking forward to it. Yeah, this has been a, a long time. Uh, <laughs> we've been thinking about uh, doing this uh, this episode together. I've been trying to get uh, Morgan on. I'm just very happy to have uh, you on. What are we uh, What are we discussing exactly today, Morgan? And uh, please uh, tell us about yourself, your experience with anime, and uh, then we'll kick things off. All right. Well, awesome, man. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, Kids on the Slope, which is uh, an anime from uh, um, a director that I personally really, really love, uh, Shinichiro Watanabe. Um, you know, um, and that's actually a big part of how I, I mean, how I became a, a big anime fan because uh, I wasn't necessarily born a weeb, you know, um, not like Jayan. I'm sure you mm. were born and able to do Rasengan's, you know, day one. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't like that, you know, I wasn't born with the whiskers and uh, I, my, I didn't learn to walk by Naruto running um, <laughs> as many of you have, I'm sure. Uh, no, no. So basically... Uh, you know, I grew up and I was a fan of anime as much as the next guy. You know, one Christmas, my parents got me a Dragon Ball game and uh, Budokai 2, um, the least popular one, but I still love it. Someone has to. And um, It's a good one. Yeah. And uh, the music is great in that one. But anyways, so uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I was a big fan. You know, as a kid, I liked the violence of it because I was a kid, you know, and um, I became an edgy teenager and then I liked, you know, the the edgier animes and mangas, you know, your your berserks and your your dark fantasy and, and and you know some stuff that probably kids you know the thing the kind of stuff my parents weren't super big fans of personally but they, they never mm-hmm. loved it you know like my I remember as a child my earliest anime memory was watching Dragon Ball and my mother walks in and it's like the scene where General Tao kills someone by sticking his tongue in their ear and my mom was like so what the fuck is this like you're like eight like what the hell you know um good right. stuff but yeah um i wasn't a huge huge fan like i liked anime and for me it was like cartoons or whatever like i enjoyed it but it's really when i loved anime was uh cowboy bebop you know um shinishiro watanabe so i watched cowboy bebop and and then i was like shit like um is there more stuff like this so then i found out about the director watanabe and then i checked out his other stuff uh uh, you know, um, right. Samurai Champloo and Kids on the Slope. So that's kind of how we get to here. But um, I own most, uh, pretty much everything he's done on Blu-ray and stuff. And and I'm a big, big fan. So uh, so I'm very happy to talk about this today. But uh, yeah. Yes, this uh, 2012 anime produced by MAPPA and uh, Tezuka Production. And uh, I'm very, very excited. This is an, an anime that Morgan uh, and his roommate introduced to me. And then I yeah. came over and watched a bunch of episodes with you guys. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I watched the first eight with you guys. And then we took like a four month long break. And I was like, you know what? We still haven't finished Kids on the Slope. Yeah. You're like, yeah, come over, dude. And then we, we binged the last four episodes together. And uh, a very, very beautiful series uh, that follows the the stories of these uh of this trio we we talk a lot about watanabe forming uh, trios and his characters yeah uh the the music in here is great i mean I, I, there's so many great jumping spots let's just start with yeah. uh, your 
initial reactions, your your first impressions on this series? Yeah, all right. So yeah, when I watched it, um, it was a period where um, I was watching a lot of kind of music films and and music series and stuff because you know I love music naturally. Uh, you know, uh, studying yes. it and, uh, and and making it, of course. But eventually, mm-hmm. I I was just I was kind of thinking, you know. Um, watching all of these movies and TV shows, I thought there there should there's got to be some good music animes out there. So I went through all the lists. You know, I went on Mal and all that. I saw like Your Lie in April and all of those shows and stuff. And I, I I feel like it's a big trend in those shows that they're treated the same way. Like anime does what anime does, right? Where they'll take any topic, be it music or fighting, and they turn it into the sort of shonen style, right? Like. Yeah, your lie in April to me, it's like watching a Dragon Ball or a Naruto. Like you get the character reactions, except instead right. of fight scenes, it's like music, you know. And um, so yeah, yeah. I was a bit disappointed in that. There's a lot of you know drama and stuff that in your lie in April, but um, I kind of wanted something that was a bit more focused on the music itself, where I could listen to the music and actually feel the performances. And that's the thing that I think I carried, uh, that carried with me the most in Kids on the Slope is that you really feel like you're watching the characters actually perform the music. And a lot of that has to do with the, the animation and the compositions because the compositions are a lot of jazz classics. You get Moaning from Art Blakey, you get um, um, My Favorite Things. Um, which My Favorite Things, yes. Amazing, uh, that, yeah. Ah, that track, bro. I so love great. that song so much. Oh yeah, and, and that's a song, like the original was for, um, made for like Sound of Music, uh, the the musical of forever ago, and um, the version that they play is um, well, they it's inspired by John Coltrane, right? Um, who did a, a jazz version of it, which became like a jazz staple, like an absolute classic. And what I like about this anime is that uh, you know Yoko Kano, who does the music for Bebop, right? She works on this as well, and yes, she didn't like. There's there's some. A bit of original music here and there, sure, but a lot of what makes it cool is it goes with the spirit of jazz, which is taking classic pieces. We've heard them, like, if you listen to jazz, you've heard them probably a lot already, but um, she rearranges them and gives it life and performance, and it, it really shows her talent, not as a composer necessarily, but more as a kind of, like, rearranging and 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 performance and kind of directing musicians and stuff like that so so that's really great if you're a fan of jazz or if you're not a fan of jazz at all i know some people that got into jazz thanks to kids on the slope so it's a it's a great show regardless like you'll remember those tracks they're on spotify you can check all of them out like um so so it's a great anime for that and that's what stuck with me the performances of the music personally so oh man they they have like fantastic performances when the when the the their band forms but uh it really mm. starts out and uh correct me here please because i'm probably gonna butcher the name uh, the <laughs> main protagonist kaoru yeah or yeah is that is that correct kaoru right yeah, Kaoru, when he moves to the city and then he gets uh, he gets uh, into, uh, not gets into, I guess gets into it with Sentaru uh, and then there's Ritsuko. Uh, those yeah. three, like the, the bond that they form and when they start making music together, you know, they go to uh, Ritsuko, uh, uh, what was it, like a, it was a record store that her yeah. dad owned yeah, yeah. in, in so, the basement, there was the instruments and everything. That, great, great. I love that when that whole arc mm. was starting to form. Yeah, that's absolutely like yeah. For because we we didn't really mention like necessarily the the premise of it, but yeah, Kids on the Slope is that's what it's about, right? It's about um, those three characters, and you know, kind. What's interesting is that 
you know, Kaoru and Zendaro, they, and I'll also probably butcher the names, but, um, but they kind of, they're, they're not friends at the beginning because, you know, the, you know, like, um, Kaoru is, is new and he's very kind of, um, not fidgety, but just sort of, um, he tries to keep to himself. He doesn't want any drama. He just wants to have like do normal stuff and just, yeah. I remember no him nonsense. being like very, he's stiff. He's stiff awkward. actually. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's stiff actually. Yeah. So. So he, that's, yeah, that's a lot of it, especially at the beginning. But um, basically, like, it's funny because, you know, he's the classic, very, like, he, he's stiff, sure. But it's also like, you know, when he walks up the slope, because uh, that's what Kids on the Slope is about. You know, he's every day he walks, he walks on the slope and uh, he's going to school and he's coming back and it's, it's a bit depressing. And these are weird times, too, because... Uh, um, I can't remember the era, but it's it's uh, during a you know it's it's uh, Japan when they're um, they're being occupied, right? Nineteen sixty six. Yeah. To the wiki. So what happens is there's a lot of trauma there in the show too, where the setting is very gray. It's not super. It's not super lively and fun, you know. Um, right. And uh, that's a big part of the show too. And and there are a couple nods to that that there uh, later in the show when you see the Americans and they're complaining about like you know uh, black jazz and and white jazz and all that. But it's the kind of thing where yeah, the setting is very gray. It's it's a bit sad. Like you know, he kind of talks about how oh uh, you know like going up and down the slope like it sucks. You know, it's yeah, it's a bit yeah, depressing. Yeah. And then he meets this crazy kid who's a bit of a delinquent. Has has a bad reputation is getting into fights all the time and uh, basically like he wants nothing to do with him right he's like no you know um leave me alone leave me alone <laughs> you know and uh, uh yeah and and that's it's great because then you get like Ritsuko right who's really the bridge between them like like she's uh, even though he wants nothing to do with him um he is still the only one who actually even interacts with him even talks to him so Ritsuko kind of sees that and is like fuck it this might be the only chance i can give this guy i can get this guy an actual friend you know um so it's 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 interesting it's a, there's a lot of awkward moments a lot of you know especially between ritsuko and and kaoru like you know he kind of you know wants to be with her whatever like he's doing this to be with her kind of and she's like so busy trying to make them friends that she doesn't even see him as like a romantic interest or whatever. So it's a lot of stuff where you cringe, but not in a way where you're like, oh, this is cringy writing more and like you feel embarrassed for Kaohu and you just kind of want to leave the room. Um, but I love that. I love watching shows that, have that that make me feel like I don't want to be there <laughs> and I want to go home. No, for sure. Like for me, for me, when uh, when I saw uh, the bond between Ritsuko and Kaoru start to form, obviously there was like this quasi-romantic thing that com becomes very romantic throughout the anime. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they end up together at the end, right? Well, sure. not quite though, right? Uh, and not the ending, quite. The ending, I, I love the ending, but I, I love like Watanabe, like his final episodes, <laughs> they're just the best. Like uh, me and uh, my roommate, right? Um, and we talked about earlier, like we sometimes we talk about just binging just the final episodes of all of his shows because they're they're beautiful. If you remember Bebop, like oh my god, oh you, know? uh, you just want to get heartbroken more, multiple oh, times and then so just good. feel happy at some. And yeah. there's no no sorry I I was uh I was reading out the wiki. Apparently in the manga they end up together. Yeah. So end. well, this is the thing though is the manga. Like the the anime does not adapt the entire manga, right? That's that's something yeah. that's that's true. But actually, I've because I've read the manga because I was curious. You know what what are we missing? What's what's going on here? And 
Um, I think the anime does really well for itself in the 12 episodes. It does because I love the ending. And, you know, the ending is done in two parts where you kind of get the first half where it's the ending of the show, like the timeline that we've been watching. And then the time lapse. Yeah, and it's really awkward. Like, they don't end super great. You know, it, it ends really weird. Like, you know, Kaogu's a bit weird with Ritsuko, you know, and it's it's a really strange kind of ending. But then when you get the time jump, um, it's something where uh, all of the characters have lived their own lives and you kind of see them reunite and just for one moment. And it's, it's just, it's great and wonderful because it's, there's almost, there's not a lot of actual talking, not a lot of actual sort of, uh, they don't talk about the old times or anything. Cause we saw the old times and they were great. You know, they were the other 11 episodes and it's really just, it really captures that feeling of just like, they see each other again, they're performing music, you know, and, and then it ends. And for me, that's, that's just that's perfect, you know. It's I don't know how but to. But it ends with it, that but... song they always play together. I remember. Yeah, moaning. Uh, going to the to the to the yeah. church, and then he gets on the. I'm pretty sure it's an organ, and then he starts playing the melody, and then uh uh, and then uh, Centauro comes down, and he's like, "Oh, let me yeah. just hop on the drums," and then <laughs> I'm just like, "Okay, sure, uh, let's oh, pick up where we left off, right?" Yeah, it's so funny when you see uh Centauro just kind of like um, he he I like it because he's like he's working at the church, right? But what I find funny is he hears the organ playing. Then he comes into the church and he, he, you see that he actually had a drum set in the church the whole time. He just brings off, takes off the, 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 oh man, the, the carpet, uh, the, the sheet, the sheet. Yeah. He just takes off a sheet. And I'm like, dude, the first time I've seen like a drum set readily, like available in the church, you know, to, for some jazz. My guy still jams. So yeah. funny. Yeah, of course. Uh, so funny though. Um, yeah, and they're playing. Uh, they're playing "Moaning," the first uh, first song they play together, and the Moaning, song "Moaning." Yes, it's so good. But yeah, for me, like the finale is very simple. It's just it's it's well executed. It's nice to look at, and it just feels it just feels right. So, so uh, I'm I a want big to fan ask you. Yeah, I want to ask you your general thoughts on Centaro as a as a character because mm. uh, we've seen troublemakers throughout oh, yeah. anime a lot, but he has a very lovable side to it, and he becomes a great sidekick. Uh, to Kaoru. Uh, oh yeah, and he, I'm pretty sure he gets involved with like rem- he gets a crush on someone throughout the anime. Oh like, my god, th- his, yeah, yeah. He, it goes, it kind of goes all over the place. He's kind of like quirky, but like cool. I don't know. I, there's a lot of layers to this specific character. So, what are your general thoughts on him? Yeah, well, for me, Centaro is really like he he is he he's and for many people i know that i've talked to like he is the he's the standout character of the show for sure like he he drives the show honestly like like you know there, oh, there's for sure there's character. a lot yeah. of there's a lot of animes with a kaohu and a ritsuko you know but there's not a lot of them with a centaro the way that he is because you know he he is portrayed as like the very soft gentle giant kind of uh gentle giant is a great you know? way to put it yes, yeah yes. because he's like he has a heart of gold everyone's like oh he's very such, much so he's such a delinquent uh, oh you know like don't get involved with that guy you know he's so sketchy and it's like dude like he he's like the nicest guy he's not good at school in fact he's terrible at school and he does get into fights but you know it's always defending his friends and helping people out and and uh and very rarely that he does uh, he, you know there's a couple moments he does things that are not great a lot of it deals with the jealousy and all that but um he's still he's he's still probably honestly the the nicest character outside of like Ritsuko 
uh, in the show because he has less sketchy moments than Gao Wu does. That's for sure. No, for sure. <laughs> I want to actually bring this up real quick. Uh, I don't know. Uh, are you a fan of Yu Yu Hakusho at all, or have you? Are you familiar yeah, with that well, series? Oh my god. So here's the thing. Like, um, my roommate, see Thomas. Like, uh, he. Yeah. He, he. Shout out Thomas. You're gonna come on the podcast eventually. <laughs> I know you're listening to this, oh. Thomas. Anyways, go on. Right, 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 right. So he he he's a huge fan, right? Huge Yu Yu Hakusho fan. Um, and I actually really like it as well, but I, I had read it years ago, like as a teenager or maybe even younger. Okay. So, so I, hear me out. I, hear I me struggle, out real quick. you know? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Kuwabara yeah. is basically, Centaur is basically Kuwabara is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I see it. I, I can see There's it. There's a similar, like, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I, I yeah, see yeah. similarities there. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that a bit. Because, cause yeah, he is like the delinquent, but like. He's like a delinquent in aesthetic, but really like, come on, like he's just a chill dude, you know. Don't, don't make too much of it. But, but, um, but I think, but you know that I like that, and I like uh, Centaro is kind of he's pretty breakout there. But what I like about him too is a lot of times when you watch an anime and you know you have like the big tall uh, delinquent guy who fights people. Um, he doesn't have a very usually they don't have a very human side. Usually it's like they're a bit dumb and they're fun. And all that, but because they're not the main character, usually like the main character is like the romantic hero. But what I liked about Centaro is, yeah, he's a delinquent. Yeah, he's a bit stupid, and he, he and he's he's funny. He's funny too. But um, he also like he has his own romantic quest because there's in the gang. Like yeah, there's the three main characters. But when you watch the opening and all that, like there's there's um, there's two other characters that are there that are very important. Like the two main secondary characters and I always forget her name, so I'm not going to bother, but uh, <laughs> the girl that um, Centaro is um, interested in and she kind of joins the gang, but she joins the gang, you know, like and hangs out with them and he gets a big crush on her and, uh, you know, Ritsuko's kind of into Centaro to so get a weird like triangle that becomes like a square with Kaohu and it's a bit of a mess. Uh, but what's interesting is like she kind of becomes bigger in the group when she sees, and I don't know if you remember him, but uh, Brother Jun. Brother Jun is my favorite character. We yeah. will have a Brother Jun segment. Yeah. Is this it? Because <laughs> get ready, dude. Right. This guy breathes cool, calm, collectiveness. <laughs> this guy ends up with the girl. Oh, yeah. This guy is the guy you're jealous <laughs> of. You know, this guy is the guy that your girlfriend tells you not to worry about. But you, in all seriousness, you know what I mean? Well, that, like, that's well, that's literally like, that's literally the case. Yeah, no, exactly. And right? I, he's just like he's seen as this like role model by uh, yeah. uh, Centaro, yeah. and he's a senior, and he's just has. He, but he and he starts at the, at the start of the anime with this like really cool image, but he he goes downhill, you know. Oh, he, people yeah. don't recognize him after, after what happens to him again exactly. I just oh, it's I feel horrible. like he just kind of loses himself a little bit, and then yeah. he comes back and he's got like longer hair, and he's got like <laughs> a facial hair now, and you can yeah. see that he's. He's not as off, well off as he was before, but then uh, you know, and he's always like, "You don't want to be with me," because you know. And then everyone's like, but "That's exactly why I want to be with you," because you don't. <laughs> you're telling me, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. this guy, bro. Oh, this, this guy. This character. Oh, wow. yeah. About time we bring up Brother June on this podcast. Seriously, Brother June. He, yeah. He plays the trumpet like a beast. Like his solos oh, yeah. when they were in the bar. Oh man, I, dude. What are your thoughts on this guy? So yeah, no, Brother June, yeah, so Brother June's very interesting because in the first part of the show, right, he is the perfect guy, like, the role model for everyone, like, 
and Sentaro oh, so is like so. his hype man, right? He's always like, oh, that's brother. Oh my god, June. he's like brother he's June. the best. Yeah, like like he's fucking amazing. Almost. Yeah, yeah. And every yeah. time they come, like, and even uh, the the record store owner Ritsuko's father, he's like, he's he comes down to play the the upright bass, right? And then they're like, yo. Uh, like oh how come you're not gonna watch a store and he's like yo we don't get brother june that often like i'm go- i'm jamming i don't care you know and like everyone's just yeah, hyping he's a this guy you know everyone's yeah. just hyping this guy and when you see him you're like ah like you're like he's hot okay he's playing that he's playing that trumpet so good and um the moment that really makes him like he becomes the coolest guy you know um ever is when they're in the, the train uh, scene is the train the, scene no, no no well yeah i was talking about the uh the 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 bar um, when they're at the bar because a big part of the show at the beginning is they're all practicing Sentaro and Karu have some drama and they they duke it out through music you know and and that's really fun again you know I the mean that's the only way to duke it out in my opinion but go <laughs> yeah, that's, <on. laughs> that's what we gotta do you know um no but uh but and that's the thing is um when the actual performance happens and it comes at a peak moment where like you know Sentaro and the other girl it's not really happening and so uh, they start playing some jazz right in the bar and it's mm-hmm. there's Americans that are there. So they're playing for the Americans, basically. And one of them gets drunk and he's like, ah, you know, stop playing that black music. Stop playing that that black uh, jazz, you know, like play something. He literally says, play something white, you know, and like Santaro gets he gets pissed right he just rightfully so he, absolutely he gets super pissed and uh you know june he's just kind of like like he's like you can you see him like prepared for any occasion he like uh, Santaro storms off you know leaves the stage all right and then you just see uh june he unbuttons one of his uh one of his you know vest uh shirts and he's like he tells kaogu like yo can you play this and kaogu's like sure and they start playing a nice uh popular uh, white jazz piece um uh, but not for me, right? And he starts playing trumpet, and you're like, wow, that's good. And then he starts singing. And, you know, the guy, it's like, not he's not doing the amazing, like, Freddie Mercury vocals. He's giving you that small, like, you know, very jazz, like, very, very white jazz, um, kind of, like, popular little, little, uh, just a couple of notes, a nice small range, but, like, a lot of, um, you know, uh, a sexy performance is what I can say about that, you know, just crooning a little bit, you know, um, and that's the moment where like the girl who uh, Centaur's into is like, oh, this guy, oh my God, like, whoa, you know, um, but that's the moment when like, I was like, holy crap, Brother June is the coolest guy ever. And then he loses it. He loses it, right? Because he's into sketchy nonsense and that goes, that goes really badly. But um, I mean, that character was literally so perfectly <laughs> set up to, to fail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because well, yeah, he feels yeah. like he's like got like bulletproof like personality, bulletproof good looks, bulletproof everything. Like nothing gets through this guy. Like he's like set up for only set up for success. And then when you yeah. see the complete opposite occur, it, it, for me, like I remember, I literally remember sitting on your couch in your living room watching that, <laughs> and I was like, "What? That's not Brother June. There's no way that's yeah. Brother June." Um, yeah. Oh man, and, and Brother I, June is such a cool name too. I don't know. Right. Big fan. Big fan of Brother June over here. But what I like about about that whole character and that whole part of the show is I do think it perfectly captures um, the show for me. And this might be a personal thing, but I do think it captures a lot of my feelings when, in terms of like, you know, going to high school and just sort of like, you know, you're playing music, you're doing all of this. And there's a lot of people 
that you know at that period of your life, like for example, they're in CJEP or whatever, and you're like, holy crap, like these people are gonna take over the world, right? You're like, they're gonna be the most amazing things, do the greatest stuff and all that. Right. And then, you know, they, they don't, you know, maybe one or two wrong decisions, maybe just not using, I don't know, their talent or whatever, but just um, a lot of, for, you know, in, in real life, <laughs> that happens, right? You you become an adult and sometimes things just don't really work out. And I, I kind of like that because it's not just Brother June is perfect. It's no, no, Brother June is a human being and things didn't really pan out too great but in the end like you know the the girl she still loved him and all that and um he was able to find peace and 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 be happy you know in a in a in a way so i'm happy for him but i feel like it was for anime especially a, a very kind of mature thing because in usually in anime like brother june he would have he he kind of falls down and he would have his sketchy face but then he'd do a comeback song and become king of the world but that's not kids on the slope kids on the slope none of the main characters became big musicians you know one of them works at a church one became a doctor uh brother june i'm not sure but he's living with uh, his girlfriend probably still riding that train <laughs> <laughs> still riding that train yeah but that's it right so uh, so that's what i like about um kids on the slope is that it, it is an anime and all that but it's it as i as i told you before like um it feels like it's it's not it's not busy trying to be an anime like worried because a lot of animes I feel are worried. It's well about, developed. Like, the storylines to me like it's it's like a roots from a tree. They go into different directions. Mm -hmm. You know, there's multiple plots occurring. You know, life in high school, life with the band, romantic life, brother June, yeah. uh, the bar, uh, you know, yeah. the record store. There's uh, mm -hmm. The family issues, you know, oh, uh, the emotional issues. Like I, like guys, I haven't seen this anime in at least over two years to a year and a half yeah, at yeah, the very least. And uh, I still re remember all of these things from it because yeah. of how great it is. It has a lasting impact for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, I want to ask you about yeah. Ritsuko because she's like a main character and I definitely want to give her a uh, shine a spotlight on her a little bit. Yeah. Like, I remember her being yeah. very cheerful, very like kind-hearted, easy, easy to like enjoy as a character. Uh, yeah. But she does get involved in some drama with uh, uh, yeah. uh, Kaoru. Uh, but she, she's definitely like a, a great supporting uh, role and, and she's very involved in school activity, I remember. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of characters like her before, but she, she has her own touch to it personally. So what were your yeah. thoughts on her? Yeah, okay, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah. Um, All good. Basically, Ritsuko, the thing about Ritsuko that I, I particularly like is that I do think, um, like, she, she at first, I, I was like, oh, you know, she's the, the girl of the gang, right? So we're, we're going we're gonna to have her be really kind and, and compassionate and all that. And she has those things, similar to Kaohu, where it's like, oh, here's our, like, relatable, you know, dark-haired glasses anime boy. But the thing is, none yeah. of these characters actually, they're not just that. And the thing about Ritsuko is... Um, what I like about her is she's kind of like, um, she's thinking, she spends so, she thinks so much about like what she can do to kind of help Sentaro, you know, because of how, how much she cares about him that right. like that she, she is a very selfless character. She doesn't do things for herself, for her own, um, well-being. You know, she really thinks about what the best thing is for other people in a way that's like, and again, it's not like, you know, it's, it's not like anime, like I'm a sacrifice myself to stop a meteor, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's genuine, you know, it's like she, she spends all of her time just kind of like caring for him and stuff and, and it's selfless. And at first it's at, at first you admire that, you know, you're kind of like, 
wow, like um, she made this happen. She made the show happen, you know, like um, like there's no Ritsuko. Uh, nothing would have happened at any like at any point. The first the first episode would last like eight minutes. You know, they fight on the rooftop and it's done. Like we're 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 over roll credits. But she literally makes ah, the school rooftop. That's such a classic <laughs> location in anime. Yeah. But yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. But that's the thing is um, the thing about her is she she really carries it because she cares about the other characters and she she does everything there. But the show kind of transforms, you know, as every other character, their plot kind of changes um, for her. It's like she's very selfless. And so she's always thinking about what Sentaro wants and what he needs and trying to help him. Uh, that when Kaohu comes in with his big romantic quest, uh, she doesn't see it because she's not even thinking about that, right? She's like, she's like, what? Like dating? Like, I don't have time for this. I'm like, she's literally not even there in her brain, right? Like, um, part of me wonders, like, I always wonder when I watch a show, like, I think like maybe they could have been together, but it's just, she wasn't there, you know, in her mind, she was just, she was just a standby. Like she was just kind of like a secondary character, just making sure everything goes nicely, goes well. And, and, uh, and I, and I enjoyed kind of watching that, but I also enjoyed her being more like assertive a bit as the show goes on a, a bit more confident. Sure. But just mostly like start to realize like, yeah, she does, you know, <laughs> she does want things, right. She does want things and need things. And, um, and kind of just kind of be also become an actual human being. So so I, I like Ritsuko a lot. I feel like she's a character that at the beginning lives on her interactions with the other characters. But when you get kind of later, um, she's especially when Kaoru gets a little sketchy. Um, she kind of becomes one of the most uh, like um, consistently relatable characters. Like I can always be understand where she's coming from. Where sometimes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Very voice of reason. Well, yeah, voice of reason, but even when she's like frustrated and because there's moments where she says and does things that are a bit like, like, I'm like, oh, you know, like, like that's, you know, that's going to agitate whoever person, whatever. But I always know where she's coming from, where sometimes Kahu will do something utterly like stupid and horrible. But I'm always kind of like, I, I always feel like the other characters, they they let their emotions get the best of them. When, when it happens to her, it's a lot more understandable. Like I feel with her, she, it takes a bit more to sort of grade at her. So I, I always feel her well. And, um, and I think it's good to have a character like that in your, in, in your shows. Cause sometimes, you know, um, it can be a bit like, um, a bit too crazy, you know, between Sentaro no, and sure. Kaohu, like, but, um, but like, I was going to ask you as well, between all those three characters, I feel like we, 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 we delved in deep into them. What's your, right. what's your favorite moment that those characters share? Like whether it be together or a single, like, like an individual moment, what was like a very standout moment to you in, in this anime? I don't, I, I'm not sure. Like I, I think a lot of the cliches kind of work. Like if you were to think, Oh, standout moments in uh, kids on the slope. Um, I think the most, obvious ones is like um when they're you know laying on the floor uh, staring at the ceiling and yeah, uh, and you hear that. them kind of practicing uh, my favorite things my favorite things um, such a yeah that's yeah. like a peak moment for the gang because it's the first time that the three are performing together because and it's the only time right and yes that, i believe so yeah it is the only time cuz they like she's not like um a musician per se right? So she doesn't come and jam. So basically, like, uh, that's the one part where they, they have her sing um, My Favorite Things, right? And and her voice is super adorable. And, and it actually does. It's it's a version of the song that doesn't exist. Like, you can go, you can find the other versions of it 
um, many, many versions of that song, but just her performance is so unique and there's a bit of English in there. So the English word pronunciations are, 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 you know, kind of funny, but it's so endearing and good in a, in a way that makes it stand out. Like when I'm, when I feel like listening, when I, so every times I listen to like, uh, the John Coltrane version or the, the original version, um, I kind of like, usually I'm like, it, it reminds me of the melody and I'm like, oh, I got to go listen to the kids on the slope one. Um, and uh, so that's one that I love a lot. And uh, for those three characters, that's kind of like the classic moment uh, for the three together. So th that's a big, a big moment for me. And then, you know, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's followed by the big drama moment of like, she doesn't make it to the actual show. Like they practice and practice and practice and practice. And she doesn't actually make it. And then, uh, you know, like uh, Kaohu and Sentaro, they 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 do like the the amazing performance in the the school and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but still, yeah, how'd you still... feel about that? How'd you feel about that when she didn't make it to the show? Because that was uh, that was a pretty pinpoint like turning moment in the anime. That really, like that really, like, things were sh kind of shattered at that point. But that really breaks it apart for me. Oh my god! Yeah, it, it was so it was so sad. Like. <laughs> that whole that whole part was really um it was heartbreaking but the performance i just loved it and and what i love the most about it is um how you just get again it's just the performance nobody's talking no one's saying like oh my god like they're playing 500 notes yeah. a minute it's it's unbelievable and and it's like wow and you're just you're 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 watching them perform and uh, and and by the way for those who don't know the animation of the actual performances um are rotoscoped so um you know they really yeah so they filmed for example Centaro's drum playing they filmed an actual drummer and they and the actual live performance of the of the pieces and then they, you know, they drew the uh, they they drew the anime hands on top of it. So that's why the it's the like it has a very fluid and very realistic. Like you wonder, man, all the nuances in the performance of the recording is exactly captured in the animation. How did they do it? Well, it's because they actually rotoscoped it. So, wow. so so that explains a lot. But yeah, so the, they're just performing the hell out of, out of their instruments and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what I like a lot about that is the whole school, they're like, this is the best thing we've ever seen, but they're not yelling. They're not freaking out. They're like completely silent. They're just watching it. And you just see a bunch of drab uniforms, just black and gray, just looking at it, just like, what the hell is this? You know, because nobody listens to jazz, you know, they're all like, what the? No. And I, and I love that. That's, that's, that's also one of my favorite moments. Like the performances, like that performance, the, my favorite things and the finale when they play moaning in the church. Um, those are just like super, super great moments because it's one of those things that I feel the show builds a lot of drama. Like here's a, here's some relationship drama there, some relationship drama here. But then instead of giving you like a big dramatic scene, like in a film or something where the characters duke it off verbally and start pouring their emotions, you, they just replace that with a music scene, you know, just like they'll play music and somehow they'll work through it through music. It's maybe it's too idealistic, but I, I like that. I really like um, kind of the spirit of it. You know, it's very, you know, it, it reminds me of high school playing music as a cathartic experience a bit, you know. I yeah. want to talk to you about the specifically the music I'm reading here off of uh, off of uh, Wiki. I want to get to your opinion on this. Yeah. Uh, so Yoko Kano was quoted saying that uh, the the work uh, for the the music here specifically the work uh, built on the jazz is uh, is part alone, and we just need to music for atmosphere. So basically, 
the big chunk of the music here is definitely in the performances. And then there's like yeah. little, you know, because it's honestly, if you think about it, uh, and we're going to get a bit audio technical here with this terminology, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it's diegetic jazz performances most of yeah. the time, you know? Absolutely. Completely. Yeah. And then, and then we have like little atmospheric music here and there for just, you know, mm -hmm. ambiences and setting the tone, you know, like the Brother June train moment or yeah. when they go to the beach and it's like a, that awkward double date sort of thing. Oh, you know, the, the music in there yeah. is, 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 is different. So how, how do you feel about the balance between those two universes? Because this, this anime can be this anime's music can be really segmented in those two different yeah. sections. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's the diegetic, non-diegetic music like. Um, the non-diegetic music is, you know, it's, you know, Yoko Kano is an amazing composer. One of the best, if not the best. But the thing My is... My favorite film music composer of all times. And this is coming from a guy who literally <laughs> did graduate studies in film music. You uh, can't beat Yoko Kano, in my opinion. No, Go on, honestly, sorry. yeah. Well, for me as well, like, one of my absolute favorites ever, you know. Um, mm -hmm. but And you know this, yeah. like, the big cowboy bebop fan in me i can watch cowboy bebop with my eyes closed and still cry you know but um anyways oh, yeah. so <laughs> the thing is yeah the non-diegetic music it's not like an in, it's not in in crazy incredible pieces like a lot of her other stuff but the thing that's interesting is um it's it's very seamless and of course in uh, in film and tv and all that sometimes that is the best approach like when you just when it's it perfectly matches the scene in a way that you can feel it, but you don't really hear it, quote unquote. Um, and that's how the non-diegetic music feels to me. I don't remember the melodies, but they move perfectly. And the actual diegetic music stands out just insanely. Like, because that's what it's meant to do. It's meant to kind of uh, to explode. And, and and she's right. Like the performances are where a lot of the music lies. And, um, and as I said earlier, right, it's, it's in the spirit of jazz. Like most of the music in the show is pieces from classic pieces, but played in a different way. Cause unlike classical music, which is what Kaohu used to play in the beginning, right? Cause he learned piano, but he only played classic. Yeah. yeah that, that's that's yeah. the thing too. I want to, I want to mention real quick. Um, like, yeah. This guy didn't start out as a jazz musician. This guy was kind of no. like, oh, I play piano. And then, and then uh, I'm for, I'm forgetting uh, the drummer's name. Uh, Sentaro, please, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, he, <laughs> he he's like Karu. You're gonna become a jazz musician now. <laughs> well, well he's like he's like yo, dude, you suck. Like, cause cause Ritsuko was like, hey, uh, Karu, he uh, he plays piano and you play drums. You guys should play together. And then uh, you, you know uh, Sentaro's like, ugh, like yeah, you you play you play piano, but do you play jazz? And Karu's like, oh, jazz, that dumb simple music. Like, of course I can do that. And then Centaur's like, yeah, homie, like, you probably suck. Because if you play classical, <laughs> like, you know, classical is for stiffs, you know? And it's just so yeah. funny. Like, and, and uh, when he's trying to learn moaning, the super basic, like, dun, 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 dun. like, it's so funny because um, Centaro kind of like, like, he plays it, but he plays it like classic, like, very clean. And the rhythm has no swing to it. And uh, since I was like, what the hell, man, that's terrible. What like, are you doing right now? Like, <laughs> I remember it. I yeah. seen so vividly. And, and I love oh, that. Oh, man. And that's the spirit of it. Because like, as I was saying, like, that's the thing. Classical music, you're a lot of people. And I, I know a lot of people in, you know, uh, music at ASEAN and classical music studies. And, and they're more about imitating and trying to be exactly like the score tells you, like exactly what the piece was originally. Uh, it's not punk fault. rock. 
Yeah, to a fault, and and that's not super interesting to me personally in music. No. Like, and I don't want to be, I don't want to throw shade to anyone, but uh, that's why I like I, I I had to choose, you know, if I wanted to go conservatoire or if I wanted to go, um, you know, do some weird sound nonsense. And uh, this is what I chose, you know. But anyways, so in the end, that's the thing is is uh, in classic, it's about imitating the uh, the classics, right? In jazz, it's about um, you know, reinterpreting. It's about changing it. It's about just performing it. Like, you know what the melody is because you've heard it, but then you add some rhythm to it, some swing to it, some performance, and and you're feeding off the musicians of others, right? And uh, and that's what the show does. It takes a bunch of classic pieces that if you're a jazz fan, you've probably heard a million times, but um, then it does their own versions that you can't find. You go on Spotify, you try to find versions similar to those, and, and you won't do it because that's what it's about, you know? No, 100%. I... Love the soundtrack for this anime so much. Yoko Kono, yeah. like she just she's she just kills it every time. You put her in as the music composer, uh, and I'm gonna very likely watch. I yeah. I just really which, enjoy what she brought to the table for this anime for sure. Yeah, and which which reminds me, like since you're a big fan, um, you should watch uh, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. All right. Oh, just, that will occur. We just, will just have an, epi- an episode on that, and I'm I'm quite looking and I'm forward there. to it. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. there. I'm coming back. <laughs> I want to also ask you, like maybe more theme related, because music yeah. is obviously a big theme in this anime. Right, right. Um, I remember like, and I don't know uh, how much uh, you remember about this, but there was a bit of a religious theme in, in this anime too. Like these people, like they yeah. did they not go to the church regularly or something like that. I, I'm trying to like remember here. Yeah, I remember so... like Ritsuko saying something like that. That yeah, effect. so Ritsuko and Sentaro specifically, I think, I don't, okay, yeah, they both go to church. Like, we see it in the show, they both go to church, their families go to church, whatever. Um, they And, you know, obviously, Sentaro ends up there, right? He, he ends up working mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, they both go to church, but it's because it's the 60s, it's Japan, it's, it's a very Catholic era for Japan, that specific period. So, uh, there's not a lot of religious themes, like... You know, there's no like not nothing like big like they're not imitating scripture. They're they're not doing like there's no Jesus figure or whatever. But uh, although although I, you know what that's actually questionable. But still, um, a lot of it feels like um, it, it's not one of those shows that's like you know being religious like taking um, t- like I don't know how to explain but taking the stories and and changing them. It's more like uh, religion is a big part in the lives of those characters uh, as it would have been at the time. Yeah. And I-, I know that it affects them in like what I kind of like about it is you know Centaro for example like you would think oh he's a big delinquent like that you know he'd probably be like oh yeah screw religion. Religion is for dumbos but um, what I like about his his character is he's like He's he is as I said earlier he's the gentle giant but man like um he goes to church and he cares for it and it's just like literally the most wholesome guy right like I'm not a religious I'm not a religious guy uh you know I have huge qualms there but but man like yeah it's yeah I I, I personally I've, I've never like analyzed it with religious themes in mind but you really do feel it in the characters and even like I remember when he finds out about like you know them being to church and stuff I remember Kaogo being a bit not weirded out by it, but he's not so religious. So you kind of feel he was kind of like, what am I getting into here? You know, a bit like, who, who are these people? You know, like, is Ritsuko like, you can kind of feel like he's thinking, is Ritsuko really like, like, uh, like Ritsuko and Centaur? Like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like you can kind of see him being like um, a bit thrown off, you know, um, at that particular 
at that particular moment, from what I remember at least. But yeah, personally, yes. like I don't see a lot of religious themes, but I, the imagery is there obviously. And and there is a little bit in it specifically uh, at the end, right? When Santaro comes in and they're playing in the church. And, yeah, church and at the You end, can yeah. kind of do some like rebirth themes and stuff like that. and But like, I, I'm sure you can find a lot of that. And especially like, again, the the sheets, right? You get those really weird scenes where like, you know, like, um, you know, they're, they're, they're taking off the, the sheets, right? Because that happens multiple times where like um, Kaoru, he takes off the sheet while like Sentaro is sleeping and you get this really like, you know, hot, like emotional kind of slow-mo shots of like, you know, just kind of Sentaro turning around and sensually staring at Kaoru, right? You get a lot of stuff like that too, um, which is, uh, it might feel like I'm saying a lot of nothing, but I it's because I've talked to some people and I know that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people who, uh, interpret kind of um, like a, a homosexual context in that like uh, if you decide to go the religious route a lot of people have connected for example like uh, that it's one of those stories where um, there's kind of a hidden homosexual context that's and you know it kind of it's kind of working against the um, the very catholic era of japan you know so i know 60s. there's some of that in it but i i haven't done my analysis on that yet uh, you know i'm planning on doing it some point but i personally haven't looked into it in that way but i do know that that's a popular uh, sort I mean, of I th- way to I dive into i think i saw a blurb it. about that on the wiki uh possibly very quickly i saw possibly but uh, i also wanted to uh, talk about because uh, i we were talking about brother drew earlier and the yeah. girl that Centauro had a crush on and i'm thinking isn't it yurika uh oh I believe yeah, it. yeah 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 let's okay. talk about her a little bit because she right. she definitely had uh her spotlight moments in the anime um yeah. i personally really enjoyed her um uh, mm-hmm. i i feel like she was a bit uh how can you say like not clueless or i, I don't remember her knowing if uh Centaur had a crush on her but i, I feel like she must have had some idea yeah. but she definitely mixed things up between the 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 guys in that in this anime for sure yeah, she's because the thing is, I think she kind of she does take a liking to Sentaro, but the thing is, being a teenager, you know, he kind of takes it um, a bit too hardcore, you know, like in the in the bar and stuff. Like, I feel right. she doesn't really enjoy his overly intense moments, you know, like when he gets really really riled up, and I feel like that's really the moment. Like the things that she doesn't really like, like not 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 doesn't like, but doesn't love about Centaro, like those things come out during the bar scene. And then with, you know, Brother June, um, she sees some what actually like what she really likes, you know, that kind of cool, calm, collected right. sort of style. So it's one of those and who things... doesn't love Brother June? <laughs> that's Sorry. true. It's true. <laughs> I... You know, but uh, that's the she was <laughs> everyone watching the anime at that point, like, oh my. Oh <laughs> <laughs> just like oh. oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, no. I was like, damn. Okay, yeah. So we're 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 not gonna maybe that's the there. homosexual theme. You but, know, it's um, like every guy had to watch <laughs> yeah, yeah. this and just like the impact of Brother June on the male audience of Kids on the Slope. Right, right. Yeah, just me when he unbuttons the shirt. I was like, mm, okay, we're we're going there. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Uh, but yeah, no. But seriously, yeah. The thing is, I actually I also really I I do enjoy your character and uh, you know uh, just because I didn't remember her name. You know, it, I also it's been uh, two years as well. But uh, since the last time I watched it, but um, the thing about her is. Is that she is like if you were to do the five characters, she's like the the fifth character or even the fourth character. Some people can I know consider her more of a main character than than June because June disappears for a bit. But um, the thing about her is um, she she comes into her own her own 
like through the other characters, like through the way she interacts yes. with June and how like she ends up accepting him and, and wanting to help him and all that. Like that's kind of the, those scenes are kind of where you find out what she's about because she does not get a lot of alone scenes like other characters, all the others, they get a lot of scenes where they're alone, just kind of like or they're like with their families, you, you know, uh, but she doesn't really get a lot of that. She's really like you do feel like she's a character made to kind of like to boost the group dynamic. And I think she does work incredibly well as that because it, it gives like the right. the, the square romantic triangle uh, which, and then you add Brother June Definitely. and it just falls apart. But uh, but but I do like her and I, I do remember up. enjoying enjoying like, a, you know, the, the awkward double dates and all that. And she's she's a very kind person as well. Um but in a very different way from Ritsko. Like she isn't like as selfless. Like she she does she she's someone who like she's um you know she's she's kind of chasing her love a bit, you know, in the show. And that's very 100%. respectable as well. Is there uh, any other like very important things you want to bring up? Because we're almost hitting the hour mark here. So oh, maybe crap. slowly okay. start wrapping things up. Uh, yeah. Like what are some like definite things you want to like bring up and then we can get into final thoughts? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'm not sure, you know. Um, I'm not sure about. I feel like we we covered like, like you know the important moments, yeah, the important we, we characters. We covered like the characters. Uh, yeah, the characters they're fine. I don't think there's any other characters we can talk about unless like you know there, there's a lot of the other ones that are a bit like memes. You know, like the uh, the like uh, the only guy who did end up becoming a musician is that one guy who was kind of like a oh, like yeah, a yeah, glam yeah. rocker or something. I uh, remember that. Yeah. You know, oh, just, you should do rock music. You guys should do <laughs> rock music. Let's start a rock band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally and then mean. it turns out, oh, he did it. You know, he actually did it. Like uh, in the final On episode, the they're watching the TV. That's going to happen yeah. one day. Dude, oh yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna you, look day... up. It's gonna be like giant music, uh, you know, the the Pixar movie with your uh, your Kyo art, but in uh, <laughs> like in animated form, doing music. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking more like something I boom opt, but, <laughs> but sure. I mean, as long <laughs> okay. as you get in the credits, I don't care. <laughs> right. No, I was saying the giant music uh, motion picture, man. Coming out in uh, 2023. Okay, I mean that's all right, man. You gotta, no, you gotta make it. It's been officially announced right here on Anime Podcasters. No, shut up, shut uh, up. People like, will remember this. Just give me what? What? Uh, what did you enjoy? What did you enjoy about Kids on the Slope, Morgan? Yeah, what yeah, did you right, enjoy right. about Kids on the Slope, Morgan? Okay. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. That's <laughs> that's what this is about, right? Okay, this wasn't just this wasn't just like a forty fifty minutes just so you can announce your own motion picture. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> Oh my man. god. But like I Yeah, yeah no seriously. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, like for, for me, you know, I'm I'm a huge Watanabe fan and and you know, um Kids on the Slope for me, like I, I enjoy it a lot. You know, it, it's not like you know my number one Watanabe show. We we know this, we are aware of this. But um but the thing about it is um what I enjoy about it is a lot of the other Watanabe shows, they all have incredible, incredibly big influence, uh, not influence, but they take music into account in a ridiculously big way. Like even yes. uh, your favorite anime, Thank You No Terror, has incredible music and throughout um, and Cowboy Bebop, like the name and, you know, just the, the name of the episodes and all of that. But what I like about Kids on the Slope is, um, it, you know, you're getting Watanabe, but actually doing music. Like, no, no, this is about people playing music, doing some jazz, a little bit of drama. And um, another thing is for people who haven't watched it, you know, um, it's a show that if you're used to watching a lot of anime and, you know, some of those music animes like your Lion April and and um, 
this show is, it's a lot slower than that. And the first time I watched it, I liked it. I didn't love it. I was just kind of like, oh, you know, that was nice. But I've watched it like, you know, three, four times, um, like every Watanabe show. And it's a show that the more that I kind of grow with it and I go back, I look forward to those performances. But also like, I just kind of feel like it's... It's so much more like human than your average anime and your average music anime that um, I think you should just give it a shot, but watch it as if it's just a show, you know, just like if you were going on Amazon or Netflix and you were just like, I'm going to just watch a show about music and you're probably going to love it that way. And that's kind of what I would like to sort of add regarding Kids on the Slope. For sure. The irony of what you said, though, is that, like, we spoiled so much, and you're like, you should definitely watch it. Like, if you got this far into the Yeah, podcast, if you got this far, yeah, it's a stupid thing <laughs> dude, to say. And yeah, you didn't yeah, watch that's it? Like, I mean, thank you for the watch time, number one. And number two, uh, w- yeah. why? <laughs> yeah, why, why, why'd you do this? This is this was, uh, this was not great. But, yeah, but, hey, who knows? Maybe someone dropped it, and now they're convinced, and they're like, hey, I really want to see the ending that we've already mentioned, where they perform music in the church. And, yeah, you already know what what uh, they all become when they grow up and, and you know that they're not going to be together. So there we go. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. I want to say this kids on the slope was recommended to me. Like definitely like when I, mm-hmm. when I moved to Montreal and uh, okay, I want to, I want to kind of tie it all together between like how I met yeah. Morgan and everything. Okay. Morgan and I met <laughs> at the very beginning yeah, yeah. of the electroacoustic program. And we went mm-hmm. on a, uh, on Mont Royal in Montreal and, uh, then the teacher's like, okay, go around and say where you're from and you know, fun fact about yourself, something like that. And then I hear Morgan say he's from Gatineau, which is my hometown uh, since I've been in Canada. And then I say, I'm also from Gatineau. And then I'm wearing a Dragon Ball shirt and then it yeah, turns yeah. out he's into anime. So it was like love at first sight in a sense. And I've brought up Morgan before on the podcast. He's made many recommendations to me. And I feel like Kids on the Slope was the first one that I, I really like binged with you and got recommended by you and really yeah. stuck with. And I'm very happy I did so. Uh, to me, this anime is uh, a perfect representation of romance, friendship, music, uh, hardships. Uh, you know, there's uh, amazing themes all melted into one pot. Uh, and it's short. It's 12 episodes. It's super bingeable and it's super enjoyable. So yeah. I... There's a reason why I gave it an 8 out of 10 on my anime list. Because it's it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. Same, so, same score. Same score. For some reason, you and I have, you know, we, oh, we, yeah. we're eye we, to we eye We don't on agree on, on almost anything else. But there's like three three shows, movies that we have the same score. And yeah. that's the one. That one and uh, Attack on Titan. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that's not. Yeah, let's we're not, not going to talk about that. Let's say that one. Yeah, we'll don't, that don't, one don't invite me on that unless unless I, I want to get attacked by the internet, but it's fine. Okay. Attacked by Titans? Yeah, yeah, don't worry <laughs> about it. You know. All right. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah. Let, oh, no. When I saw you with. Uh, yeah. When I heard you were from Gatineau, I, t- I remember I turned around and then I just see the Capsule Corp shirt, shirt and I was like, oh, I'm going to see this guy again, aren't I? Like, this is. This is going to be a thing for sure. For sure. <laughs> this is going to be a recurring theme. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this, this this isn't going to be one of those things where like, like I'm sure one day it's going to come out. I like anime and, uh, and that'll be the end of it. And uh, Giant, Giant spots these things. He can smell the anime in the room. Like he's like, oh shit. You know, like, like, oh, you, you like Dragon Ball? Okay. Okay. Yeah. We and got it. It only took me four years to get you on this podcast. But, uh, That's true. Minor That's true. Yeah. 
minor detail. All right, let's uh, wrap things up. Uh, you right. can su- you can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, uh, Google, any podcatcher. We are there. You can rate us on rate this podcast slash anime podcasters, and you can send us a voicemail on speakpipe.com slash anime podcasters. The artwork for the podcast is go- is provided by GoPro Kyo. Go follow mm-hmm. him on Twitter. Go send him a DM if you need animation, artwork for any of your projects. He's super affordable, works very quickly, and he gives quality, quality, quality uh, art. So please go show him some love. We really appreciate him. Uh, this was a very different episode because uh, usually I have Hotshot with me. I hope you're feeling better, Hotshot. We're definitely going to have Morgan on again to talk about... Uh, I mean, it was announced on the Facebook page. I'll just say it here. The next time, it's going to be Alita yeah. Battle Angel. I don't know if it's going to be uh, back-to-back or it's going to be on another month, but it will occur this year, definitely. Yeah. So. And uh, you and uh, you can subscribe to me, you know, giantmusic.com, freelance audio services. Lunatic yeah. Rappers is coming out with new music very soon, so go check that out. Uh, giantmusic.com, that's my website. That's going to be all the plug for me. A big, big thank you to you, Morgan, for coming on here. Uh, thank you. You did thank fantastic. You. you are a natural when it comes <laughs> to the anime, and this is why I wanted to have you on. Uh, go ahead. If there's anything you want to promote, anything you want to say before we log off, uh, go ahead. The mic, the floor, <laughs> the podcast right. is yours. Yeah, well, for now, honestly, like I, I don't have much to plug and promote because I'm I'm kind of in between projects. But um, but the thing is, you know, once I'm done, I have a bunch of sound editing jobs, and once I'm done for those, um, you know, I'm, I'll be working on a, a new series uh, that I'll be uh, writing and directing, and I'm super hyped for that, and uh, it's gonna enter production soon. So next time I show up on the podcast, I will probably have a bunch of because uh, I'm already preparing the social media layout and uh, the pages and all that. So next time, but for now, uh, I don't have much. You can kind of find me on Instagram, Morgan the Alien, but I post in, I post rarely, but I, I am there. But expect stuff very soon. So that's all okay, I'm going to I'll leave a link that, to his know? Instagram in the description. Go give sure. him a follow, please. All right. All right. Sounds good. It was a for pleasure, myself? man. Oh, dude, it, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming on. So for myself yeah. and Morgan, this has been another episode of... This is the part where you say the podcast name. Yes. Anime podcasters. (laughs) Bye, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh.